LifeSpring number 168, Addicted to Connectivity. I've often wondered at the end of the day What Jesus and his friends might do Would they build them a fire on the edge of a town And talk about the day they'd been through And as the moon rises and laughter is found And music plays softly somewhere I think that moment right there I think he danced I think he smiled I think he danced with his friends by a fire I think he laughed in the arms of a night Lifting his head to the heavens he might And I think that if he had the chance, I think he thinks. I was made in his image, that's what God has said. And in my heart I believe that his love lives inside me and he feels what I feel. I wonder that on nights like these And as the moon rises and laughter is found And music plays softly somewhere I think that moment right there I think he danced, I think he smiled I think he danced with his friends by a fire I think he laughed in the arms of a night Lifting his head to the heavens he might And I think that if he had the chance I think he'd dance Through this song in my heart God gave to me Now I know how he felt Nights like these While the music plays softly somewhere I think he'd dance I think he'd smile I think he'd dance with his friends by a fire I think he'd laugh The arms of the night Lifting his head to the heavens he might I think he danced with his friends by a fire I think he left the arms of the night Lifting his head to the heavens he might And I think that if he had the chance I think he danced I think if he had the chance, I think he danced. I think he danced. 
it's a new way to start the show out. We'll just go right into a song. That's I'd Think He Dance, in case you couldn't guess that. And that's Stephen Coy Cook. Heard that song for the first time last week, and I just love it. To me, it really captures who I think Jesus is and what kind of man he was when he was here. He surely loved life and the people around him. He knew how to have a good time, I think. And I think he was the kind of guy that just lit up a room when he walked in. And I think he'd dance. We don't often hear country music on the Lifespring show, but hey, it's always time for something new, isn't it? We've really got a good show today, I think. Uh, We're going to talk about Addicted to Connectivity. What's that all about? And we've got another really great new song. Also, we have some just extra fun stuff that I think you're going to like. So let's get right into the main point today, which is Addicted to Connectivity. Okay, show of hands. Raise your hand if you are addicted to internet connectivity. Raise your hand. Well, since this show is primarily downloaded from the internet, I'm going to make the assumption that most of you are fairly well internet savvy, and some of you are complete geeks, and you're connected nearly 24-7. Well, what happens when you lose your internet connection? Do you experience withdrawal symptoms? Weight loss, paranoia, preoccupation. That's funny. Those are the uh, symptoms of withdrawal. I went to a website and, and, and that's what it listed. Weight loss, paranoia, and preoccupation. Weight loss, Steve. How are we going to have weight loss if we lose our internet connection? Well, <laughs> maybe because you wouldn't be sitting behind that monitor all day long. You might actually get out and move around a little bit. By the way, I'm pointing a finger at myself at the same time, okay? Paranoia. <laughs> I, you know, when I lose my connectivity, I think, all right, my ISP has got it in for me. They're cutting me off. They, they're after me. Nah. Preoccupation. <laughs> you keep checking it about every two or three minutes, you know. Is it back on? Is it back on? Is it back on? I'm telling you, this is, uh, <laughs> this is addiction. Well, when the connection is steady and reliable, we sort of take it for granted, don't we? I mean, we enjoy it, but as long as it's working, we just sort of expect it to work. That's why it hurts so bad. One of the reasons, anyway, it hurts so bad when we lose it. And then, of course, there's the Web 2.0 version of Internet addiction, too. That's the social network addiction. Got to get more friends. Got to add more to my friends list. Got to get more followers. Got to keep the Google chat open. I got, oh, for sure. I got to keep Twitter going. As a matter of fact, Twitter, um, you know, Twitter.com is, is just no good because you have to refresh it manually. So there's all these other different uh, little software applications you can download that update either live or every couple of minutes you can, you can program it. I just downloaded Twirl and I've been playing with that. And it's kind of fun because it just updates automatically. Don't have to worry about going back over to Twitter and refreshing it. So, you know, we got that. We got to keep those tweets flowing, you know. What happens when you can't check your Facebook notifications? How do you feel when Twitter goes down? Frustrated? Agitated? Do you keep hitting the refresh button on the browser? Man, I'm telling you, we are addicted, those of us that that get into this stuff. What did we do without the Internet? Do you have friends that aren't connected? How do they function? I mean, I use the Internet to find phone numbers for directions on how to get to some someplace I've never been. 
Uh, I use it to do research, to find recipes even, to troubleshoot computer problems. I had a friend of mine call last week. He said, hey, Steve, I just got a brand new computer. I'm going, oh, great, Mark. That's super. And he says, uh, I've got I, I've got a, a Dell. Okay, fine. It's not a Mac, but <laughs> okay. I've got some PCs as well, some Windows-based boxes. But since it's new, he got that da-da-da-da. He got Vista. <laughs> and he deleted the recycle icon on the desktop. He said, I, I, I deleted my recycle bin, Steve. Help me get it back. So I got on Google and I found it within about 20 seconds and I told him how to get it back. And he thought I was a genius, you know. <laughs> you know how that is. Mark, that's okay. Mark listens. But that's what you use the internet for. You know, those of us that are, you know, on it so much. Um, the we we download stuff and we download uh, you know applications and we download podcast shows that actually add value to our lives instead of just filling dead hours like you know watching television. <laughs> we use it to connect with people all over the world instantly and on and on. And we've got so many great uses for it. How can anyone possibly function without a fast internet connection? I just don't get it. And what would I do if I had to give it up? If I couldn't connect with my friends, let's face it, we are addicted. Given the choice, most of us would not want to give up our connectivity, and we just don't know how some people can go without it. Here's the question How many of us are addicted to our connectivity with God? What if somehow that connection dropped? Would it make a difference in your day to day activities? Would you suffer withdrawals? Think about it. Is your internet connectivity more important to you than your connectedness to God? How about this? Are you as excited to introduce your friends to Jesus as you are to invite them to the latest social network? Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or anything like that, but man, sometimes those of us who are really into all this technology of connectedness and social networks really get our priorities askew. Think of the ultimate error message when the possibility of a connection to God is forever lost. That truly is what hell is about, you know? Complete, eternal separation from God. Think of the enormity of that. No possibility of ever seeing him, feeling his presence, or receiving his love. Now, if you've listened to this show for very long, you know that I seldom talk about hell. Like most people, I prefer to spend my time and energy and attention on the love of God. However, we do have to acknowledge that Jesus did teach the reality of of hell. And he wasn't shy about it either. The fact is, if you choose not to have any connection with God in this life, he will not force himself on you in the next. The thing is, hell is the complete absence of God. There is none of the benefit of his presence at all in that place. Here on earth, where we are today, we are surrounded by his presence and his goodness and his love. And even those who don't know God or even those who reject God, even those who don't think that God is real, 
They are benefiting from God's presence. 2 Thessalonians 2.7 tells us that the Holy Spirit is restraining much of the evil that could be in the world. Imagine that. We look around and we often say, man, it can't get much worse. But it can. And the beauty that we see in the world is the handiwork of God. We see the evidence of his presence everywhere. In the laugh of a child, a cooling breeze on a warm day, the touch of a loved one. Hell is the absence of all of that, and each of us knows many people who were headed in that direction. Does that reminder bother you? Why are we shy about inviting people to join our Jesus friends list? Of course, there's more to it than sending an email, inviting them to the newest social network, but there is so much more at stake.
That's Sharon Wilbur with Out of Zion. Good stuff. Well, hey, do you really know who you are? If I was to ask you who you are, what would your answer be? A butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker? People identify themselves with lots of different things. Their jobs, their families, their friends. All these things may be fine in and of themselves, but that is not who we really truly are. The fact is that most people don't have a clue about their true identity. This identity crisis is really nothing new. All through history, God has had to remind us who we really are. In Exodus 3, verse 11, we hear Moses saying to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Now, Moses was probably thinking, I'm a murderer, an outcast. I'm just a sheep herder, a nobody. But watch how God answers him in verse 12. And he said, Certainly I will be with you. Wow, Moses asked, Who am I? And God answered, I will be with you. That's who you are. God wanted Moses to know without a shadow of a doubt that his identity, his personality, his uniqueness, and his character were all to be found in his relationship with Jehovah, the living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And he wants us to know the same thing today. Who are you? Certainly, I will be with you, says God. Hey, here's a few fun facts for you. <laughs> Did you know that women shoplifters outnumber men shoplifters four to one? <laughs> wow, sticky fingers, ladies. Number two, the highest point, listen to this, the highest point in Pennsylvania is lower than the lowest point in Colorado. Think about that. And lastly today, William Henry Harrison was the first U.S. president to die in office. And he was only in office for 32 days. He died of pneumonia, which he caught at his inauguration. And here's a fact that very few people know. I went to grammar school with one of his descendants. <laughs> his name was Kenneth Ramey. Hey, Kenneth, are you out there? Email me. A first grade teacher collected well-known proverbs. She gave each child in her class the first half of a proverb and asked them to come up with the remainder of the proverb. It's hard to believe these were actually done by first graders. Their insight may surprise you. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. The teacher gave them better to be safe than, and somebody wrote, better to be safe than punch a fifth grader. <laughs> it's always darkest before... Daylight Savings Time. Never underestimate the power of <laughs> termites. You can lead a horse to water, but how? <laughs> Don't bite the hand that looks dirty. <laughs> Good advice. No news is impossible. <laughs> a miss is as good as a mister. <laughs> Did you get that, ladies? Uh, you can't teach an old dog new math. <laughs> you couldn't teach that to me either when I was in school. If you lie down with dogs, you'll stink in the morning. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's pollution. Where's Al Gore? 
And lastly, happy the bride who gets all the presents. All right. Well, you know, sometimes we have to just have fun. Here's a little bit of fun news. Stuff that's happening in my life and possibly yours as well, as far as the first story anyway. Remember when I interviewed Michelle Gold a few months ago? She's the singer who's the niece of Ed Ovette, who is the host of Ed's Mixed Bag, and she is what some people call a completed Jew. She was brought up Jewish, but she found Jesus and found that, that he is Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeah, well, and do you remember that last year I had Jimmy Bratcher come to the Podcast Expo or New Media Expo here in Ontario to preach and to, to sing for us? Well, this year, Michelle is going to come to the New Media Expo, which is going to be in Las Vegas. I invited her to come and and minister to us in song and in word, and she agreed to do that. So we got that news this week. I'm very excited about it. And I'll tell you about this as it gets closer again, too, to kind of remind you. We need donations to help get her there. Uh, She needs airfare and she needs a hotel. I've already booked a hotel, which came out of my pocket, which was not an easy thing with business the way it is. But if you're going to be coming to the expo and you'd like to contribute to her airfare and hotel, that would be great. Just go to lifespringmedia.com and you'll you'll see a link on the side that says donate. You can put a little note when you go to the PayPal um, website after you click the link that um, this is to go for Michelle Gold and the New Media Expo, and we'll be sure that that gets put into the right account. So that's very exciting. I'm so looking forward to meeting Michelle in person and and sharing her story with the people that come to the Expo. So that's very good. Let's see, what else happened today? Oh, I watched my motorcycle drive away on a flatbed. I'm getting it worked on. It's been parked for a good long time because I've had an electrical problem with it. And... uh, The man came today with a flatbed tow truck and took it away, so hopefully I'll be getting it back soon, and it'll be running and in great shape, and then I think I'm probably going to sell the motorcycle. That one is going to be a very sad thing to happen, but, you know, there are priorities in life, and uh, I'll have my Kawasaki Vulcan 750 go to a, a good home. I'll be sure it's a good home. If you want to see what the bike looks like, just go to my Flickr page, and um, you can see that. Let's see, it's uh, flickr.com slash photos slash lifespring. And then today I also saw that my good friend Bob Bennett posted a very old video on his MySpace page, and it's now at lifespring.tv for your viewing pleasure. Check that out. Bob Bennett is a singer that has been a part of the soundtrack of my life since the late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. I invited him to come to my church before podcasting, even was started uh, probably six months or so before I discovered podcasting and before podcasting started because I and podcasting started very near, well, within months of each other in terms of me doing podcasting, not me being born. But uh, he came to the church, he gave a concert, and it was just great. And, and Bob is a very intelligent fella, just a, a supreme artist on the guitar and just so enjoyed it. And I wanted to share that with you. So go to lifespring.tv and you can see Bob Bennett circa 1983. And then lastly, news that uh, happened this week. I told you, I think, on the last Lifespring show that I had been interviewed by a reporter. Well, it was a reporter for Newsweek magazine and Newsweek Online. He was uh, writing a a little article about uh, the use of the word podcast 
As you know, I don't use the word very often, and uh, there are uh, other people that don't like the word podcast. Leo Laporte a long time ago said, we're not going to use podcast here. We're going to call these here twit shows uh, netcasts. And uh, some of you probably know that Podshow recently changed its name to Mevio, completely getting rid of the pod. And uh, so I talked to this uh, reporter for Newsweek about my ideas. We probably talked for 15 minutes and (laughs) he used one sentence, but uh, really pretty cool. There were only two people that he quoted in the article. I'm sure that he wrote a much longer piece, but they edited it down to a couple of hundred words. But uh, there's two people quoted. There's me and Rob Walsh from Podcast 411. So I'm in good company there, huh? I thought that was pretty cool. So if you want to go pick up the latest Newsweek, you can do that. I'm not sure what article or what uh, edition that is, but uh, yeah, go to the newsstand, pick it up, see if you, if there's an article in there on podcasting. I will also put a link to it at the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. Well, next week, we are going to talk about a topic that is affecting millions and millions of families and businesses and churches and even ministers. It's even affected some of my friends and family members and religious leaders that I know personally. We're going to talk about pornography. According to one study, even children as young as eight years old are seeing this stuff, being exposed to it. It's epidemic, my friends, and I want to talk about it and offer help from Scripture, from experience, and from technology. If you know someone who might benefit from hearing the message, tell them to get subscribed right away so that they won't miss the show. Who might benefit? Well, pretty much anybody with an Internet connection, but especially families with children, businesses with employees who have access to the Internet, And the list just goes on and on and on. So don't miss that. On Lifespring number 169, we're going to be talking in some detail about pornography. Hey, I'd love to get your email. Why don't you send me some? comments on this show or on anything else you want. If you want to do an Ask Steve question, that would be great. We haven't done an Ask Steve segment on the show in a long time. But uh, my email address is steve.lifespring at gmail.com. But even better than that, I love it when you phone me at toll-free 877-433-9091. We'll get you on the show. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that'd be great. I'm on Facebook as well. But for those of you that keep asking me to install apps, you know, movie quizzes and stuff like that, I don't install Facebook apps. I just don't do it. It's a pain in the neck. And so uh, don't ask me to do those kinds of things. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much to those of you who are helping to support LifeSpring Media. You are truly a blessing. For those that aren't currently helping to support us, if you like what we're doing here, it would be great if you would consider a one-time gift or even monthly support. The lovely lady Leanne and I are doing everything we know how to be able to produce great content for you on a full-time basis. Your gift of any size would be very much appreciated. There's buttons on the website at lifespringmedia.com. Just look for the donate link. Music today with Stephen Coy Cook and Sharon Wilbur. I found both of them over at indieheaven.com. 
You can go there and search for Stephen Coy Cook and Sharon Wilbur. Of course, I'll have links on the show notes page, and I really encourage you to check these guys out. Their music is fantastic, and it'd be great if you'd uh, write them and tell them that you heard about them on the LifeSpring show, or even better yet, buy a CD from them. Help them to continue their art as well. Until next time, thanks so much for being with me today. It's been great to see you. May God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb.